0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. So if you
1: are talking about vaccine passports, particularly for the COVID vaccine, Mm -hmm. I think health institutions may require people to be vaccinated every year, like the flu shot. Then I think in 2031, there may still be vaccine passports. But in the second scenario... If we use vaccine passports beyond the COVID-19 pandemic, which means a digitalization of health records, then this experience will may set precedent for prevention of potential future pandemics and epidemics. And people worry about this. Proponents, they suggest that this will be reliable if uh, it could protect protect people's privacy and health information in, in a secure way. And this is actually possible with uh, travel authorization
2: requirements. Ur Altundal is a researcher and PhD candidate in political science at Syracuse University. He recently wrote a piece for Henley & Partners breaking down the ethical dilemmas of vaccine passports. Now, on the surface, this concept of vaccine passport sounds like a good idea, right? Showing proof of your immunity to safeguard public health. But the world hasn't had to change this fast in a very, very long time. Implementing a vaccine passport is a global endeavour, which means that it's bound to come with complexities and even complications. On one end, it may allow borders to open up and for travel to resume, and we might even get back some sense of normalcy. But the question is, will we still need it when COVID is gone? Are vaccine passports even ethical to begin with? And will vaccine passports be normalised in 2031? My name is Arvind Yuvraj, and this is Futurescapes, an audio time capsule that's not just a prediction of the world to come, but a record of the times that we are in now, with technologies, concepts, and groundbreaking solutions in their infancy that could change everything.
1: So if we define what we mean by vaccine passport, it is now simply the proof of COVID-19 vaccination, or maybe a digitalized version of it. And it is proposed as a solution to allow international travel during this pandemic. But once the pandemic is over, we can presume that we will not need the so-called vaccine passport. But many people think that we do not have to create uh, a digitalized vaccine passport additional to the proof of vaccination, because this is a temporal problem. And the digitalization of vaccine passports... Mm and health records uh, will raise additional concerns, not only about privacy, but because uh, people can predict that it will not be limited to COVID-19 vaccine records. Governments are likely to require other health records, other vaccinations uh, to prevent potential epidemics.
2: So what is happening with vaccine passports now? Like, do you think they'll be implemented around the world? Because they're talking about it, but it sounds like it could go both ways. You know, some governments are for it, some governments are against it.
1: So as, as you said, there, there are different, you know, policies or policy suggestions based on the government, based on the location. In the, globe, in the Western world, in the global North, this is likely to, you know, to happen, vaccine uh, passports, but in the global South, they, I think they will follow what uh, the EU and the United States does in, in the future. So um, if the EU or if the United States require you know vaccine rec- records or immunization records prior to uh, travel then I think other countries will follow.
2: What are the data concerns here? Because I, I'm thinking we already have passports. Um, what is an additional sort of like vaccine passport or vaccine slip um, that's bundled with that? But you're saying that there might be issues that arise when it comes to privacy and data.
1: All oh, right. There is no global, you know, author- authority or order for passports. So mm-hmm. all uh, biometric passports are, you know, collected somewhere, but uh there aren't many privacy concerns there uh, as long as there is no leak but if you add uh, health records there since there is no you know global health institution each government will uh, will require its own from its own institution and other people non citizens they they are less likely to give their you know health information to the to those gover- governments so i think this is this is the uh, main issue
2: here. So in a way, you mentioned, um, you touched on this slightly earlier. So in a way, uh, this is opening up the floodgates for a lot of other issues, right? Because if you can implement health vaccines for COVID, then what is stopping passports from um, carrying information about other diseases? So, in your opinion, what else can this be used for? Like, what kinds of diseases do you think might require uh, either a vaccine passport or a health passport in general? Because it's not new. Uh, some people moving from country to country have to get uh, certifications for things like tuberculosis. Um, so, in the future, do you see this being implemented for other diseases or minor diseases, even maybe the 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 flu, let's say?
0: Right.
1: You you mentioned a, a good point. We I think we you should also talk about to this distinction between travel and migration mm-hmm. so there are countries they require from certain countries mm-hmm. certain uh, vaccinations and uh, there are similar um, let's say epidemics such as the plague cholera hiv aids sars and recently covid-19 but this um, public health concerns especially it is um, the very the reason of the very uh, existence of the passport. Uh, I think it was in 1920 in the League of Nations uh, mm-hmm. conference they said uh, for international travel we need passports because we should control the spread of epidemics. But these are these you know uh, vaccine passports and these you know diseases that we talk about are mostly about short term travel. So here we are mostly talking about the short-term mobility and travel, not necessarily about immigration. There are already requirements for immunization and health records for immigrants who settle for a short-term or permanently. Most countries have uh, vaccination requirements for immigrants. Additionally, there are other institutions such as you know, schools in school registrations in green card applications in residency applications or the institutions or the government they require immunization records so this so called vaccine passport it means an additional vaccine for them so they should also be vaccinated with a covid-19 vaccine but if you are uh, talking about you know travelers uh, then this is the first time this is the first time that immunization records are being in- introduced they were not very common in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the first time everyone will be required to provide COVID vaccine card or a digital version of it prior to uh, short-term travel, you know, globally. But in the past, only certain regions of the world were required to provide um, their health records and immunizations.
2: That is very interesting. Um, so basically, the passport was introduced in the beginning. For public health,
1: right? So there are there are four different reasons that Mm -hmm. are uh, you know discussed in the uh, League of Nations conference in uh, 1920. One of them was security. One of them was uh, the public health concerns. One of the main reasons was the uh, public health concerns, I should say.
2: So just using my imagination a bit, um, let's say I'm traveling somewhere in 10 years, in 2031. Um, I forgot to get my yearly COVID vaccine, so I can't get through immigration. I can't get through uh, the airport. Is there a terminal or a kiosk or let's say a mini clinic in the airport itself that's sort of stocked with vaccines or COVID-19 vaccines? So I get there. Um, I get one. I update my app or my passport, and I'm good to go. Because that is a that is a likely scenario, right? If these vaccine passports become a thing,
1: right? So nowadays we have you know tests at the airports. Mm. You should have a negative test twenty four hours, or in in some cases uh, seventy two hours before your prior to travel. So it may it may be as you say in the future uh, that if you are not vaccinated, you should be vaccinated at the airport but uh I think this is unlikely uh it it might be uh, temporarily right now because most countries they they cannot provide vaccines to its people but for if it is required for international travel then private parties will pro- will sell uh covid vaccines at the airports I think it's possible for a year or two but what I think is going to happen is that so there now there's no open borders so the e- european union the eu mm-hmm. and let's say the visa waiver agreements so uh, within the eu you can travel without you know having a passport most western countries they have visa waiver agreements so they have open borders you just have your passport and you travel but if you are from another country let's say from a from a you know global south country then you have to apply for visa to travel so this, this was the case uh, before the pandemic. So we have global inequality, but we also have uh, flexibly open borders within developed and uh, democratic countries. But what is happening right now is um, right before the pandemic, the EU introduced uh, ETIAS, which is, it is called ETAIS, which is European Travel Authorization System. So EU offered 65 other countries that are not you know, EU members, open borders, visa freedom, I should say. And the, the US is also introducing a similar system. It is called ESTA, Electronic System of uh, Travel Authorization. This is like electronic visas. You have to submit your application before your travel, and it's not guaranteed that you can travel. Then they have to confirm, they have to approve. What they, I think, can do is they can add, you know, vaccination uh, information in the authorization system. So for COVID-19 vaccine, each year before you tra- travel to EU or to the US, you will have to upload your vaccine information.
2: Mm, so just adding the layers to the authorization and, and, and bundling it with systems that already exist. Very interesting. Um so obviously, you know, we've mentioned this uh, slightly earlier. Um, obviously, there are a lot of ethical concerns here. Um, on the surface, it looks it looks like a good idea at the time because we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? To keep everyone safe and to keep everyone traveling safe. Uh, but on the flip side, you're denying someone the right to travel for not taking a vaccine. So in this scenario, which is more important, uh, public health or an individual's right to choose whether they want to be vaccinated?
1: Right. This is a very good question. Uh, so I think you responded to it uh, by saying that in the, you know, in the short term, I think this is reasonable, but there are still concerns. Uh, if you are, are talking about vaccine passport, referring to only COVID-19 vaccination, I can say that during this pandemic, there are some practical and ethical concerns. Mm-hmm. So I can summarize. First, not all countries are equal when it comes to vaccine access, Therefore, countries in the global south have considerably lower vaccination rates, and there is an existing global inequality on the basis of free movement privileges that are automatically given to citizens of privileged countries, and they are denied to most of the rest of the world citizens. And vaccine passports could make it worse for certain national passport holders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And secondly, a vaccine hierarchy may emerge. So there are many uh, different... Vaccines with varying efficacy rates. It is not clear which vaccines should all or be a, be used to determine uh, whether or not an individual is safe to travel. We don't know if all countries will accept those vaccines. And um, thirdly, advanced com- or rich countries they may stockpile vaccines, mm-hmm. which may slow vac- the vac- global vaccination efforts. It looks like people will need to be vaccinated every year. So I think Israel is ordering uh, from Pfizer for a third dose of COVID-19 vaccine. And it will be like the flu shots, as you said. And rich countries, they will seek to secure vaccine supplies for future use. And then other countries, uh, they will not be able to reach to sufficient vaccination levels. And this is a big concern. And finally, there are internal vaccine inequalities in many countries there are you know the vaccination is lower in uh, racial minorities and there are people who cannot be vaccinated for other health conditions and also children they cannot be vaccinated yet there there is still you know research going on they are testing if children uh, will be able to be vaccinated or not so these are some of the big Uh, concerns.
2: Do you think this will prompt um, governments to make vaccinations mandatory? Because I can see that easily happening um, in developing countries and even over here in Asia. Um, I don't think that'll go down that easy over there in the States or even in uh, the UK and some parts of Europe. So um, do you think that could be a a thing that arises in some parts of the world?
1: I think uh, increasingly many countries, they require vaccine, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are some you know, communities or some religious groups, they want to be exempt from vaccination. There are also, as I mentioned, people who cannot be vaccinated, because it is suggested that people with severe allergic reaction to any component of COVID-19 vaccine should not receive the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So um, these are some some of the issues that we should think about.
2: Okay. Um, I was going to say that this might discriminate against people who cannot afford the vaccine, but then um, the vaccines are free. Governments are providing it free for everyone at the moment. So affordability isn't exactly an issue here. Um, do you see other forms of discrimination happening besides the ones that you mentioned before and besides being able to afford the vaccine?
1: Right. So the, the, I think the only issue right now is the vaccine access. So I think many countries, they don't have sufficient numbers of vaccines yet most countries in Africa they don't have they didn't receive any vaccines uh, or may only small portion of their population will be vaccinated if there is sufficient vaccine for everyone and they are free I think there will be only a few exceptional cases that can be tolerated but otherwise they should be you know required for everyone
2: What happens when COVID is gone though? Because that's the goal, right? We're supposed to work towards like herd immunity and we're supposed to put COVID behind us. But do you think we'll keep using these vaccines out of fear for COVID, you know, out of fear that a pandemic might happen again? So like 25, 30, 35 years into the future?
1: Right. I, I think this is a very good question. We should uh, we should think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as I said, if we need covid uh, 19 vaccine every year, then it might be the case. But if, let's say, if COVID is gone, and we don't have to be vaccinated every year, then I think the only scenario is the other future pandemics or the fear of other future pandemics. If it is salient, if people fear of other, uh, you know, potential uh, future epidemics, then it might be the case, which I, I wouldn't Want that? I, I think nobody would like that scenario. But it could be possible if there are other pandemics. Let's say if we have another form of COVID, let's say a mutation of COVID after two or three years, then this can be institutionalized. When something you know is institutionalized, it doesn't go away. Uh, you know, in, in a couple of years, it can uh, it can stay for a future you know uh, for a future p- period of time. I think uh, for 2031, maybe we will be adding other pandemics or other, you know, vaccination requirements to our vaccine passport, so-called vaccine passports.
2: I also wanted to ask you, you know, like like right now we have actual physical passports uh, that we can hold, like they are tangible. So we're basing these off those theories. Um, in 2031, our passports could be digital, um, they could be on our phones, um, it could be an app, which I guess brings up the other issue of what happens to people who are not connected, who don't have access to uh, devices or the internet. Um, do you see that as being a problem?
1: Yes, uh, I don't think in 2031, uh, we will be able to move to like fully digital. So our passports right now, most of most countries have biometric pass- passports. I think only a few countries, they don't have it. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of the countries have biometric passports, which ha- has a chip and it has all the all biometric information in it. So there are different alternatives, but I don't think they are going to be um, recognized as a you know as a legal uh, way of a passport. I think we will still need uh, paper passports. Mm-hmm in 2031.
2: Do you think this could create enough discrimination uh, for people to send the healthy, the fit, uh, and the ones who can afford in a certain direction, in a certain locality, versus other localities that are with people who don't have vaccines or aren't as healthy as the others? Is that a possibility if we introduce vaccine passports on like a large scale?
1: If you are talking about you know, within nation, within a country, I wouldn't you know imagine that because we are going through equality so in in all nation states there were experiences of inequalities and you know discrimination based on race and based on religion and other other factors but now most countries are moving forward to more more equality at least internally domestically within the country there might be a case you know a dystopia in support of the nativist uh, challenge so what we have now, right now, you know, in recent years, is there is a challenge to uh, open immigration. People don't want immigrants from poor countries. People worry about, let's say, immigration, which, you know, these public opinion surveys uh, might not be right all, all the time, but there is a worry about immigration. It can be the case that certain nations, certain countries might be uh, a lot restrictive. Uh, when it comes to uh, welcoming uh, non-citizens, so it is. It might be the case that uh, certain rich, small-populated countries might exclude the rest of the world, and you know can create its own, you know, let's say, uh, continue its own, you know, culture without dealing with immigration and other health, public health concerns.
2: Okay, so most important question, uh, just to wrap up. Is this a future that you are happy with? You know, like vaccine passports, enhanced immigration, disease control, pandemic prevention. Um, Overall, as a human being, do you like a future with vaccine passports like this?
1: No, I wouldn't (laughs) like that. I definitely wouldn't like that. Um, We have a lot of issues, as as I mentioned. There is already a global inequality, you know, on the basis of citizenship and passports. And who can travel to where? So these uh, vaccine requirements and these additional, you know, immunization records or additional pro- processes uh, will will make it worse for um, citizens of the global south, c- uh, citizens of uh, developing countries. It will be difficult for them to, you know, reach to the to the set of requirements to travel but it will ease uh, the travel of citizens of those privileged, rich countries, mostly Western, European, and North American countries. I should tell this. So right now, I I see on Twitter, there are people in Europe um, and in the U.S. I see on Twitter, they pay for um, negative, for for COVID-19 tests. So Mm. these people... They pay for COVID-19 tests and they say, oh, we are, we have freedom of movement, but we are paying for our, paying a fee to exercise our freedom of movement. You know, this is not just, they say, but because they were privileged groups, so they were able to uh, travel everywhere without, you know, paying those fees. So this is something not good for them, but for The citizens of the Global South, they have to apply for visas. There are are many fees, you know, costs to travel prior to uh, be able to travel. And their visa applications are generally denied. They cannot travel. So there is an additional, you know, know, level, additional requirement, you know, vaccine requirement. Then I think it will make it worse for those uh, people in the developing world.
2: Uraltundal can be found on Twitter at Uraltundal or on his website at Uraltundal.com. Be sure to subscribe or follow Futurescapes wherever you're streaming this from so you don't miss out on future episodes. I recommend the BFM 89.9 app. In the coming weeks, we'll talk about the future of finance and cashless societies, deepfake, cryptocurrency, and a whole lot more. For now, I'll leave you with a clip from the 1960s in which a few scientists are predicting the future or essentially the times that we are living in now. This has been Futurescapes on BFM.
0: I, uh, I am just as convinced as can be that, uh, that man today has much more power than he realizes. I am convinced that man has it within his power today to create a world in which people the world over can lead free and abundant and even creative lives. And that uh, starting now, applying the power we have is none too soon. We have already waited uh, to the point where we are in very serious danger of uh, painting ourselves into a corner. One of our problems is that we tend to live for today. We tend to say that, well, in one way or another, things will work themselves out we can no longer afford to behave that way we must take a long-range view of man and his problems and we must attempt to the best of our ability to look into the future to ask where we are heading and if we don't like where we're heading then to start now to do something about it Uh, it's purely a question of putting that power to work putting it to work energetically enough and here here is where my, my fears really lie. I fear that we won't recognize soon enough that we do have this power, and once recognizing it, that we will put it to work rapidly enough. But I am convinced that this can happen. I am convinced that we can create a world which will uh, pale the golden age of Pericles into, into nothingness.